With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cow's milk. 
how does milk impact on the human organism? What about the economy? Well, milk drinking started around 7,500 years ago in Central Europe, says the source. To digest the milk sugar, lactose first evolved in dairy farming communities in Central Europe. Not in more Europe, not in more northern Europe, not in more northern groups as was previously thought. Finds a new study led by UCLA University College of London. Scientists published in the journal. They say the genetic change that enabled early Europeans to drink milk without getting sick has been mapped to dairy farmers who lived around. 7,500 years ago in a region between the Central Balkans and Central Europe. Previously, it was thought that natural selection favored milk drinkers only in more northern regions because of their greater need for vitamin D in their diet. People living in most parts of the world make vitamin D when sunlight hits the skin. But in northern latitudes, there isn't enough sunlight to do this. For most of the year, most adults worldwide do not produce the enzyme lactase and so are unable to digest the milk, sugar, lactose. However, most Europeans continue to produce lactase throughout their life, a characteristic known as lactase persistence. In Europe, a single genetic chain is strongly associated with lactate persistence and appears to have been and appears to have given people with it a big survival advantage. Since adult consumption of fresh milk was only possible after the domestication of animals, it is likely that lactate persistence co evolved with the cultural practice of dairying, although it was not known when it first arose in Europe, or what factors drove its rapid spread. In this study, they found that the need for dietary vitamin D was not necessary to explain why lactase persistence, persistence in common Northern Europe today is common in Northern Europe today. So it was they said the need for dietary vitamin B in your diet was not necessary to explain why lactase persistence is common in Northern Europe today. Many reasons have been put forward for why being able to drink fresh milk should be such an advantage. For example, milk can compensate for the lack of sunlight and synthesis of vitamin D in skin at more northern latitudes. Since vitamin D is required for calcium absorption and milk provides good dietary source, a good dietary source of both nutrients. Milk also provides calorie and protein-rich food source. Comes in a relatively constant supply compared to the boom and bust of seasonable seasonal crops and would have been less contaminated than water supplies. During most recent the most recent ice age, milk was essentially a toxin to adults because 
Unlike children, enzyme required to break down lactose, the main sugar in milk. But as farming started to replace hunting and gathering in the Middle East around 11,000 years ago, by fermenting, fermenting milk to make cheese or yogurt. Several thousand years later, a genetic mutation spread through Europe that gave people the ability to produce lactate and drink milk throughout their lives. The adaptation opened up a rich new source of nutrition that could have sustained communities when harvests fell. But people basically lived off of milk. And this is called you got an echo. Carl, Carl, you have an echo in your background. You got a lot of yeah, echo. Got a How about lot that? Of humming. That better? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. The two step revolution may have been a prime factor in allowing bands of farmers and herds from the south to sweep through Europe and displace the hunter gathering cultures that had lived there for millennia. They spread really rapidly into Northern Europe from an archaeological point of view, says Mark Thomas, a population genetics at the University College in London. That wave of immigration left an enduring imprint on Europe, where unlike in many regions of the world, most people can now tolerate milk. It could be that a large proportion of Europeans are descended from the first lactase-persistent dairy farmers in Europe, says Thomas. Strong stomachs. Young children almost universally produce lactase and can digest the lactose in their their mother's milk. But as they mature, most, most switch off the lactase gene. Only 35% of the human population can digest lactose beyond the age of about seven or eight. If you're lactose intolerant and you drink half a pint of milk, you're going to really be ill. Explosive diarrhea or dysentery. That's the runs and the real bad runs. Essentially says I'm Oliver Craig, an archaeologist at the University of York. I'm not saying it's lethal, but it's quite unpleasant, he says. Most people who retain the ability to digest milk can trace their ancestry to Europe, where the trait seems to be linked to a single nucleotide in which the DNA-based cytosine changes to thymine in a genomic region, geo, no, genomic region not far from the lactase gene. I don't know what all that means, but it basically means something with a genetic change. There are other pockets of lactose persistence in West Africa, in the Middle East and South Asia that seem to be linked to separate mutations. The single... I, I still hear yes. that noise. I Are still you? hear that noise. I don't know how to get rid of that. It's, you know, it might be my phone. That okay. comes down all the way. No, just got... All right. All right. Let me try something 
calling. Okay. Excuse me. Is that head. better? Yes. All right. Yeah, no, no. Go ahead, my man. Okay. So the estimated time for this uh, genetic variation in modern population and running computer simulations of how the related genetic mutation might have spread through ancient populations, they propose that the trait of lactose persistence doubled the LP. I don't even know what that means. It doubled and it, it emerged around 7,500 years ago in the fertile plains of Hungary. Also, gene, right? This gene was uh, research estimate that the people with the mutation would have produced up to 19% more fertile offspring than those who lacked it, which is that's very interesting. The researchers called that degree of selection amongst the strongest yet seen for any gene in the genome. So basically, the ability to digest the lactate in milk appears to have come from humans a change in the genome. So we're going to come a little forward here. Debunking the milk myth, why milk is bad for you and your bones. Because apparently at some time, group of people develop the ability to digest milk. And here's what, did you know that the, that in medieval England, parents would tie rabbit's feet around the baby's neck to ward off illness. Doctors would spit on wounds because saliva was believed to be a healing property. Indeed, history is filled with unfound health beliefs and to everyone's determined the milk myth is among the most Tenacious. And I just read that uh, some of the benefits that these people had um, because they were able to digest the milk. They were able to live when their crops when their crops fell. When they had less crops, they were able to live off the milk. That doesn't necessarily mean it was healthy for them or or, or more healthier than the actual food, but they were able to live off of it. Milk is much more than just a drink. It's a cultural phenomenon that can be traced back. Thousands of years, as we just talked about, 7,000 or 7,500 years ago. And still today, the milk myth resonates loud and clear. In 2001, the average American child consumes 104 quarts of cow's milk. Here's some things they say milk does. Milk depletes the calcium from your bones. The milk myth has spread around the world based on the false belief that this protein and calcium-rich drinks is essential to support good overall health and bone health. In a particular, in particular, at any age, it is easy to understand that the confusion about milk imaginary benefits stems from the fact that it contains calcium in around 300 um, milligrams per cup. But many scientific studies have shown an assortment of detrimental health is that directly linked to milk consumption. And the most surprising link is not only due to barely absorbing the calcium in cow's milk, especially if pasteurized, but to make matters worse, it actually increases calcium loss from the bone. Here's how it happens. 
like all animal protein. Milk acidifies the body's pH, which in turn triggers a biological correction. You see, calcium is an excellent acid neutralizer, and the biggest storage of calcium in your body is you, in your bones. So the very same calcium that your bones need to stay strong is utilized to neutralize the acidifying effect of milk. Once calcium is pulled out the bones, it leaves the body via the urine. You, you urinate the calcium out. Once it's pulled out of your bones, you, when you go to the bathroom, that calcium is coming out. So that the surprising net result of this is an actual calcium deficit. So we drink milk to get the calcium. Our body takes calcium out of our bones to help digest the, um, the milk, and you end up with a deficit even though you're trying to take more calcium. But the sad truth is that most mainstream health, most mainstream health practitioners, that's what doctors, ignore this proven fact. I know it's firsthand because when I was diagnosed with osteoporosis, he said his doctor recommended that he drink lots of milk in addition to taking Fosamax. Osteoporosis is a medical condition which the bones become brittle and fragile from loss of tissue, typically as a result of hormonal changes or deficiency of calcium or vitamin D. Fosamax is a drug that is designed to prevent Osteoporosis. Serious side effects can include permanent jawbone damage and crippling bone fractures. What a way to heal somebody. Flotomax is known to cause irritation to the gastrointestinal lining and may worsen underlying diseases, including Barrett's esophagus, this figure, I don't even know what that is, and gastritis. Also, post-marketing studies have shown that the drug can lead to an incapacitating bone, joint, and muscle pain. So, patients who cannot sit or stand for 30 minutes should not take Fosamax. Also, patients with esophagus abnormalities and hypoglycemia, which is low in calcium, should not take the drug. That's the cure. It's like the cure is worse than um, actually having a problem. Cow's milk is consumed. Is cow's milk is custom designed for calves, thanks to our creative ingenuity and perhaps related to our ancient survival needs, we adopted the dubious habit of drinking other species milk. Nobody can dispute that cow's milk is an excellent food source for calves. Weighing around 100 pounds at birth, a calf typically turns approximately eight times its weight by the time it's weaned. Well, unlike humans, once calves are weaned, they never, never drink milk again. And the same applies to every mammal species on the planet. Once they're weaned, they never drink milk again. Also, each mammal species has its own designer milk, and the cow's milk is no exception. For example, Cow's milk contains, on an average, three times the amount of protein that human milk, which creates metabolic disturbances in humans, 
that have detrimental bone health consequences. Detrimental bone health consequences. It's important to bear in mind that mother's milk is excellent nourishment for human babies, but its composition is very different from cow's milk. I had a friend who took uh, a pet cat, I think, and the uh, veterinarian said, he said the veterinarian told him, uh, do not give the cat cow's milk because it wasn't good for him. He's not, he shouldn't drink cow's milk because cow's milk for the cow, not for the cat, and it would actually make the cat sick. So, you know, that's a veterinarian saying that to a, a, a cat owner about giving his cat milk. How many doctors say that to patients? Don't drink milk because it could be, don't drink cow's milk because it could be harmful to you. I, th- I thought that was a, it's a um, very interesting uh, scenario. Scientists, scientific studies show that milk increases fracture risk. How many, many scientific studies contradict the controversial wisdom that milk and dietary consumption help osteoporotic fractures? Studies demonstrating that milk and dairy products actually fail to protect bones from fractures outnumber studies that prove otherwise. Now, I don't know if, if, you know, the audience knows that sometimes you can find studies to support what you're saying. And uh, you can just, you know, weed out the ones that don't support what you're saying, weed out some information to support what whatever it is you want. I don't know. Some, they come up with these different studies, and, you know, some studies say, Milk is good. Some say milk is very bad. And I don't see how you can come up with the two because they're two very opposite um, supposedly scientific studies. If they use the scientific process, you should come up with the same thing. Even drinking milk from a young age does not protect against future fracture risk, but actually increases it. Shattering the savings account, calcium, calcium theory. If you drink a lot of milk when you're young, it's going to make help you have strong bones later when it's actually going to, according to this, cause you to have weaker bones. They did an experiment. Twelve-year-long Harvard nurses self-study found that those who consumed the most calcium from dairy foods broke more bones than those who rarely drank milk. This is a broad study based on 77,761 women aged 34 to 59 years of age. And the author's own wrote words. This data does not support the hypothesis that higher consumption of milk or other food sources of calcium by adult women protect against hip or forearm fractures. So that particular study didn't prove it that milk protect against fractures. You know, we still have this thing about milk in our society, in our culture, that milk is good for you, milk is good for the bone. So they said that statistics were ignored by mainstream medicine. Again, that's your doctors again. Countries with the highest rates of osteoporosis are the ones where people drink the most milk and have the most calcium in their diet. The connection between calcium consumption and bone health is actually very weak. 
and the connection between dietary consumption and bone health is almost non-existent. So that's, that's something else. Surprised? Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm that surprises me. You shouldn't be because he said because as mentioned earlier in this article, milk is a acidifying animal protein. So we shouldn't be surprised that milk is not good for you. Like any other animal-derived protein-rich food, milk has a positive potential renal acid load, which triggers a protective biological reaction to neutralize all the damaging acidic protein before it reaches the kidney. Then your kidneys begin. The body is designed for survival. So it sacrifices bone density to protect the kidneys and urinary tract because the latter are essential to survival. So that sounds like milk is actually makes your body uh, attack itself or take from itself. And the most readily available source of acid neutralizer is the bones again. The minerals, the minerals come out of the bones. The body takes the mineral out of the bones to fight, you know, whatever it needs to do, to do whatever the body does. So milk does the body good at it. That, you know, that brings new light on that saying. So even though milk contains calcium, it ends up sapping your bones of that critical mineral. But that's not all. Today's milk is processed food. Until the end of the 19th century in Europe and the beginning of the 20th century in the U.S., milk was consumed pasteurized or raw. Later on, homogenization became the industry standard. This process further altered milk's chemistry and actually increased its detrimental acidifying effects, homogenizing. That's the heat in the milk. So I think that's heating. That's, that's, that's like refining the milk. Raw milk advocates claim that if cow's milk is left as it is, it is healthy and wholesome to drink. It is true that raw milk is less acidifying than processed milk and that pasteurization and homogenization may cause a long list of digestive and other health problems. But still doesn't understand, he still doesn't recommend that drinking any kind of cow's milk based on the fact that it's cow's milk and we're not cows. Nowadays, milking cows are given antibiotics and most are injected with a genetically engineered form of bovine growth hormone, RBGH. So now we're adding some technology into the equation that may impact on your health. Man-made or synthetic hormone used to artificially increase milk production. The RBGH also increases blood levels and the insulin growth factor in those who drink it. So now we're looking at diabetes, drinking milk. The higher levels of IGF-1 are linked to several cancers. This should not be ignored, especially in view of recent information by Samuel Epstein, medical doctor professor 
of Environmental Medicine at the University of Illinois School of Public Health and chairman of the Cancer Prevention Coalition. That's somebody to listen to. In his article uh, titled, Monsanto, Hormonal Note Poses Serious Risk of Breast Cancer Besides Other Cancers. Now, Monsanto, that's a whole show. That's a couple of shows right there just talking about Monsanto. We're not going to get into that. Monsanto. Look them up. You'll find it very, very interesting. Okay, so basically drinking RBGH milk would thus be expected to significantly increase IGF-1 blood levels and consequently to increase risk of developing breast cancer and promoting its invasiveness. So it's going to perpetuate the cancer. Even though organic milk is from cows that are not given antibiotics or RBHG, if you truly care about your bone health and your overall health, this author says do not drink milk, period. And here goes 12 frightening facts about milk. Now let's name a couple of them. Cancers should be frightening enough. So, in observational studies, both across countries and with single populations, higher dairy intake has been linked to increased risk of prostate cancer. Studies have shown higher dairy intake is linked to higher ovarian cancer risk. Cow's milk protein may play a role in triggering type 1 diabetes through a process called molecular mimicry. Across countries, populations that consume more dairy have higher rates of multiple sclerosis. Animal experience and human studies indicate dairy protein has been shown to increase Again, the IGS, the insulin-like growth factor, one, levels, increased levels of IGS-1 has now been implicated several cancers. So this insulin growth, this insulin-like growth factor, one, has been implicated in several cancers, multiple cancers. In other animal and human experiments, dietary protein has been shown to promote increased cholesterol levels in human studies and animal studies. So, you know, cholesterol and arteriosclerosis, talk about your arteries, your veins and arteries, heart attack, stroke, and things like that. So, sounds like milk may not be the uh, best uh, source of a, of a healthy protein or uh, vitamin D, calcium, drink. The primary milk protein promotes cancer initiated by carcinogen in experimental animal studies. That D. galactose has been found to be pro-inflammatory. Inflamed, like you have the joints inflamed and 
like that you have inflammation in your body, things swelling up. And actually, it is given to create animal models of aging. Now, if you're doing that to the animals, you know, it might be have the same impact on humans because we do recognize certain effects of how things in these experiments we we conduct these experiments on we conduct the experiments on animals so that we can make a decision whether or not it's safe for the human population. So if it's aging an animal, so whatever I don't know what they did with a sheep, cow, monkey or whatever, if it if it's making him age, causing him to age, why would we give it to a human being? High milk intake is linked to acne. Now I'm any you know, teenagers listening to it or, you know, you don't want acne. Acne, parents, you, you, you don't want to contribute to your child's acne issues. Not the only contributing factor to acne. And I'm saying that, but they say uh, higher milk intake is linked to acne. So milk intake has been implicated in constipation and ear infection. Hey, now nobody likes being constipated, I don't think. Ear infections are very annoying, especially, you know, you have a child with an ear infection, and if you have children, you know that's, you know, you hate to see a child go through that. Milk is perhaps the most common self-reported food allergen in the world. A lot of people have an allergy or allergic to milk. As you know, we said previously, we don't really have the ability to digest milk properly. So I guess uh, in, in our body's attempt to deal with the invasion of the uh, milk, you develop these allergens. Much of the world's population cannot adequately, as I just said, digest milk due to lactose intolerance. So here's what some other experts are saying about milk. Absolutely. Milk is a nutrient-packed food providing non-essential nutrients in every glass, including calcium, potassium, vitamin D. These are the three, these are three of the four nutrients that the 2015 Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee report identified as under-consumed nutrients. There are many other single foods that come close to the nutrients you get from one cup of milk. The 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommended that Three daily servings of milk for dairy products for ages nine years and older. The guidelines also noted moderate evidence showing that drinking milk and eating dairy foods are associated with bone health, specifically in children and adolescents. Ambassador of National Diet, Diet, Dairy Council and author of the Greek Yogurt Kitchen, more than 103 delicious healthy recipes for every meal of the day. He has that. Every nutrient in milk can be found in whole plant food, says Andy Valetti. Milk is simply not necessary in the diet. Every nutrient in milk can be found in whole food plants and some nutrients needed for healthy bones like vitamin K, magnesium are not in milk but are in whole food plants. Current recommendations calling these servings of diet of dairy a day are more about politics and industry lobbying than they are about science. Considering 
that the average American's fiber intake is a pulse, I would suggest making more room for foods that offer both calcium and fiber, like almonds, chickpeas, char, kale, broccoli, collard greens, and tempeh. You all know how to cook tempeh. I've had that before. Most plant-based milk alternatives are fortified with calcium and just like dairy milk, fortified with vitamin D. This author suggests that you get your nutrition from whole foods, which makes a lot of sense. Dairy products can be part of a balanced eating regimen. However, milk specifically has a few credits. Milk is highly insulogenic, which means it spikes blood sugar levels. It's also inflammatory property. So the author has inflammatory property. So it so is a common offer. It's a common offender of acne, sinus, congestion, and digestive distress. Basically, means the same thing we've been saying before. It uh, associated with acne, sinus, congestion, and congestive digestive distress. I think when you have a cold, they do recommend that you don't drink milk when you have a cold. If I'm if I'm right, I think I've I have heard that recommendation. Milk isn't well tolerated by many, maybe even most people. Lactose is present in much larger quantities in milk than in butter, cheese, and yogurt. And many people have a difficult time digesting it. Maybe that's why you can eat those things and not get as sick as you do when you uh, drink uh, whole milk. We don't have any nutritional requirement for for cow's milk and obtain the same nutrients in meat, seafood, veggies, fruits, and nuts. If you do not drink milk because of the hormones and antibiotics fed to the dairy cow, it's best to buy organic or grass-fed. Registered licensed dietitian is found on Healthy Simple Life. Follow Cassie on Twitter. Milk is a good source of calcium and protein. Thankfully, it is not the only source. While equal arguments can be made for milk being good, as we just heard, or bad, this author, Alan Kasparov, says, I like to instead focus on its necessity. Do you have to drink milk for health? Milk is, good, is a good source of bone protein and calcium. Thankfully, it's not the only source. I want to go to lactose intolerance must prove that drinking milk is unnatural. This author says, really? Many people cite the fact that being because of a large number of people have difficulties digesting lactose, Drinking milk is unnatural because your body can't handle it. It's unnatural for you to drink milk. While some people say lactose intolerant humans are definitely meant to drink milk. Humans produce the enzyme lactase whose only function is to break down the lactose in milk. If it were unnatural for humans to drink milk, why would adults continue to produce this enzyme when they are fully grown? So, so humans produce less of the enzyme when they are fully grown. That is an indication that you should not consume milk as an adult because you have less of what is necessary to, break, to properly 
break the enzymes down. But as the previous author said, you can't even properly break cow's milk down. So this one author is saying that because some humans continue to produce the uh, lactate uh, gene, that you, but it's less. So I don't, I don't really understand his um, logic. That's, that's not logical. If you have less of something to uh, break a substance down, it seems to me to be logical that you refrain from eating that particular thing, even milk, no matter what it is. And intolerance should not be a qualifier for what is natural. For example, no human produces the enzyme alpha galactosidase, which is necessary to break down certain carbohydrates in beans. I don't think there is anyone proclaiming that beans are unnatural because we can't fully break them down. It doesn't matter if it's unnatural or not. If you can't break it down, then your body's having a hard time with it. So I, I said that was dumb logic. If your body can't break the substance down, you should not eat it. Would you put candy? Would you, would you put a candy bar in your gas tank? I mean, come on, like that's that's not good logic right there. Humans are the only species that consume milk into adulthood. Eventually, cows lose the ability to digest milk, as, we, as I previously said. So, if cows not drinking the milk in nature, right? Most mammals past weaning do not. This is what we're talking about when we say natural. We look at nature. We can just look outside of, of being human. The animals that drink cow's milk, calves, do not drink them as adults. You don't see a calf, a bull, or a full-grown cow drinking milk. And they say no mammal does past weaning. So human beings are the only ones that cross that line. So that's why it's not natural for us to do it. So it doesn't mean that uh, maybe, as previously said, that you may not be able to survive off of the milk. It may not sustain your life, but it's not natural, and your body has a terrible time trying to break it down. So why take your body through that? And you're going to suffer for that. You're going to have a bone osteoporosis and whatever kind of diseases or cancers that might come with that. Humans are, nat- are not naturally designed to digest cow's milk, as previously said it. A decrease in the digestive enzyme is indicative of why humans should not consume milk. Consuming milk past weaning or consume cow's milk. And why you might have problems if you do. It's a no-brainer. So, you know, nature shows you why you should not drink milk past the age of weaning. And weaning means, as indicated, that you have the gene to digest milk. To further complicate that again, as previously said, we do not have the ability to properly digest cow's milk. We're not cows, and cow's milk has an adverse effect on human beings. So as I was speaking to one of my coworkers, I think that's, that's an indication of how resilient human beings are that, that we are able to drink milk. I know I used to drink four glasses of milk when I was in college. Ice cold milk. You know, train, lift weight, you know, work out. And I mean, if I was doing all that to my body and I saw improvement, you know, not that I was living off of milk, I'm not giving all the credit to milk, but I'm just saying, if milk does all of this, 
to you, and we're, we're able to build, build our bodies. It shows how resilient the human organism is. Imagine how we would be if we ate the things that we were supposed to eat. Why we should stop drinking milk. Cow's milk is not designed for human consumption. Cows are about 100 pounds at birth and almost 8 to 10 inches, 8 to 10 times heavier by the time they are weaned. Cow's milk contains an average of about three times the amount of protein than human milk does, which creates a metabolic disturbance in humans that has detrimental bone health consequences. So I'm going to keep saying that because I think that we need to uh, keep in mind, you know, that milk, because I had milk all my life, lots of it. And we need to, everybody need to take a look at milk. Maybe you need to make a decision on, you know, should I be drinking milk? Because it's going to show, osteoporosis is going to show up in your, at some point in your life because of your diet. In this case, it might be because of the impact of drinking lots of milk. So make your own decision. Based on some of the information I have, make a decision to do your own research. Don't take my word for it. This, is, this isn't my word, as a matter of fact. These are these are doctors saying it, uh, scientists who have come to this conclusion about no. Hey, Carlton, I yes, have sir. a question. Yes, sir. This is Kenneth Jones for Black Urban America. Hey, um, um, you've been talking about the foods for the past couple of weeks and now milk. But the dairy products and the foods that are served in the African American community, how does that rate against other cultures in America? How does dairy rate in other cultures of the world? I mean, like, do we have no, a product of dairy products in the African American community? No, how do the foods and the dairy products that are sold in our neighborhoods? And black neighborhoods, in African American neighborhoods, how do it rate versus other culture neighborhood food stores? Well, I want I want to say the African American neighborhood is there is no food culture in the African African American neighborhood gets their food from the culture of the of the United States. So the food culture is determined by the food industry, in this case. Of the milk industry, right? They push milk, right? So milk is being pushed on everybody, African-Americans, Caucasians, Asians, everybody. If you sat in front of a television, if you drove down the street, if you went to uh, school, you got milk pushed on you. You remember those days? Milk and cookies in kindergarten? Yes. And they still do that. They still do that. Well, the kids, you know, they're serving milk. Right, because it's, it's not perceived as, no, because I said this way where one doctor is saying milk is a good source of vitamin D, calcium, and protein. So there's still the um, idea that milk is good for you. But the, the um, other uh, question would be why, if we have all these scientific studies, why is milk still being put? And that's the question. Is that that we headed towards? Are we being poisoned? Are, we, are, are, are African Americans being poisoned in, in a uh, nutrition in our nutrition? 
if you, if you, if the things that I've done these shows on is, is in your diet, if it's heavily in your diet, you are heavily poisoning yourself. Like we did sugar, sugar is basically uh, a toxin. So we have it messes up our liver and kidneys. It messes up our yep. liver and kidneys. And there are other foods that mess up our bloodstreams and what have you. That's right. That's right. Is this, the question I want to ask you, uh-huh. is this isolated to our community or this is American concern? No, this is American. Milk is American. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Milk is American. Here's how, here's how you know it's American. See, the uh, dairy product production industry in the United States from 2009 to 2014, right? In 2009, the revenue of dairy product production in the U.S. totaled about $84 billion U.S. dollars. You think that's just coming from the black community? Hello? Mm-hmm. Right, so that's yeah, the understand. of African-American community. Um, let me see. California farms sold about $9.4 billion worth of milk, while the dairy industry contributed approximately $24 billion in value added to the Gulf state product in 2014. So, Carl, you have a call. Huh? Carl, you have a call. Oh, we have a caller. Caller, welcome to the back of the store. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to add to the dialogue that you was having uh, with the guy who was talking about the milk and, um, I guess, does it? I guess what he may have been asking, I'm not sure, is there an impact or a disparity in how milk is distributed in the African American community? I'm thinking right, that right. he yes. might have been. Yes. Yeah, because exactly. What came, what came well, to mind? Very well put, sister. Very well put, sister. Very well put. I, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. I don't know. What I don't know if pushing, I can't say that they're pushing milk on African Americans. But I look at the number, $84 billion, that's, that's more than African Americans. We're only 12% 12, 12 of the population. Well, let me just say this. I don't know what the numbers are, but when he brought that topic up, what came to my mind is how the um, WIC system, the Women, Infant, and Children Food uh, Supplement yeah. Program, and that's how they... Oh, yeah, they do give them milk, don't they? Yeah, how they yeah. give them milk. And you're pushing that real majority. hard in the African-American communities. Right, right. The WIC program in the European communities. I don't hardly see the WIC program in the European communities. I'm sorry to say. So, so you mean um, our poor white folks and kids that can't get WIC? Yeah, they can. They can. No, no, I'm saying that they can. I'm saying that they can, but you was talking about how it's an American culture, but it's American culture that's also um, fostered by these supplementary programs. They were true. Know, and, yeah, so you have um, programs like WIC who has tried to change the culture of the milk consumption and the percentage of milk fat that these newer generations of children, long as it's, um, they're still receiving uh, WIC supplements, are drinking now because now they drink 2% milk where it used to be whole milk. So oh, that's, that's, kind of, that's I guess that's even better yeah. than that milk fat. 
But it's still yeah, not good. It's cow's milk. I don't care if it's two percent, one percent. Milk's not good for you. But how how you tie in wick into the black community? That's what that's what I want to understand. Because because there's a large all, percentage of families who have children that give their their milk supplement um, once it once they go. Well, they get they get supplemental a formula milk when the child's like one and under, but once they turn one year old, that's when they get the cow's milk. Right. So how does how that how does that particular to the black community? Well, I'm just saying that particularly it affects the, it's not so much that, that it's a negative effect, but what I'm saying is that it changes the culture of how we drink milk. As Americans in general, um, I don't know what the percentage of people are that benefit from with programs, but it's usually, I'm sure, the large population of uh, African Americans that benefit from that program. Not to say that there are other ethnicities that benefit as well, but what is the percent? Only 28% of black, I mean, only 28% of African Americans benefit from WIC? Uh, on their roles, twenty-eight percent of their roles are, are, are African African Americans. Okay. Well, I don't know. Well, like I said, like I said, when when he brought that up, that came to mind that I know this how the WIC program has changed the culture of um, how milk is drank in um, our communities. Why you say that? Um, why do you say wait because things, because um, people used to drink more whole milk, and now there's there's a push for um, with the wicks since they get it free, where they give they they're now drinking the two percent milk. And oh, I don't so know if every so many right, years. So, right. I got to recognize that whole milk is not good for you. Right. Right. So is, that, is that a good right. thing or a thing? What do you think? Well, I think I think if if the effort is to move people from drinking cow's milk period that um the consciousness of these programs um attempting to reduce the percentage of, I guess, cow fat that that's found in these milk is saying that you know it's a healthier choice. It's just like everything else. I mean, we 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 take you know small steps toward more healthier living. So that's two thumbs up for wit. I can't hear you. So is that thumbs up for wit? Was that what for wit? Thumbs up. Is that good for wit? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think it's a thumbs up for wit. Oh, okay. You have another caller, Carton. You have another caller. Okay, we got like Thank four you. minutes. Thank you. I can't hear you. We have another caller. Uh, you on? You on air? Can you hear me, Carton? Yes. Welcome to Provocative Thought. This is me, Carol. Carol, I'm Carol. Mhm. You know, when it comes to milk, just like sugar, just like everything, it's about money. Right. You know what I mean? I was just looking at. Hmm. Eighty-four billion U.S. dollars. Right, it's all about money. I hear what Andy's saying about change, whatever, but if they really wanted to change, there would be no milk. No milk. And I'm just saying, when it comes to knowledge, you understand what I'm saying? Because these people want to sell their product, 
they do the uh, marketing, public relation marketing to make you want it, you know, so they tell you these things. Yes, it has calcium. I was also looking up, too. They were saying that when we're born, that we're born with an enzyme that breaks down milk, probably mother's milk, that you have from the age from, like, two to five. After five years old, you lose this, this enzyme goes away. Why? Because you're usually weaned from the mother's breast, meaning you have no more need for breast milk, you know. So it's all about money. Um, I think this even goes along with the spill, like when they talk about cardiac disease, you know, your high cholesterol, these type of things like that. That's why they're telling you to drink this less milk. But then that's a whole other issue when it comes to health, right. you know. Also with the milk, like you said, it causes, um, I was reading where um, they have a property that they use for the um, cow, some type of growth hormone that can lead to autoimmune um, disease in you, uh, like thyroiditis and and. Uh, uh, I think they did list thyroiditis and something else with your thyroid. But these things aren't talked about. In other words, they're not selling you a product and say if you drink these products, these can be side effects of drinking it, you know. Right. You know. So it's, it's, it's a product that's sold like a whole lot of other products under deception, you know. I, I'm not really um, pleased. To hear, you know, that the WIC product now gives you 2% milk. You know, these people, in order to get their their product across, have a contract with the government. That's all that means. Right. You know, to see that more people get their product, period. 2% cow's milk, right? 2%, it's all cow's milk. 2% you know. milk, okay. Hey. You know, rather it's uh, no fat, uh, whole milk, it's all uh, cow's product, and everything that they do especially nowadays, is for mass production. I think when I looked, um, pasteurized milk um, deals with the the shelf life. It could last longer um, with homogenized. But when it's pasteurized, it depends on the temperature. It's telling you what temperature that the milk has been heated up to kill certain, you know, and to kill certain things. You know, from 30 minutes, which they don't really do anymore, and you have the two minute, the two minute is the shortest when they do. That's ultra pasteurization, you know. But that's what that's all about. Okay. It's about money. We're out of time. Thanks, Carol. Yeah. Listen, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. You will not be able to stay home. The show you will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and chip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and four parts without commercial interruption. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading the charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hogmars confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.